0: Welcome to the God is Able Radio Broadcast, the ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio. Now grab your Bible and turn to Psalms chapter number one as we look at a message on finding true happiness entitled, Blessed is the Man. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we thank you for another privilege to be able to minister this week on the radio broadcast. Thank you for every person that's tuned in today and listening. Now, I pray Father, the word of God would go forth and find a lodging place in our hearts and help us through these days. I pray if there's somebody listening today that is not saved, I pray this would be the day that they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and accept Him as their Savior. Lord, I pray today that You bless, help us, guide us, and direct us. And we'll praise You for all that You do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.
1: I've been held by the Savior yes. I've felt fire from above I've been down to the river I ain't the same prodigal return Oh Jesus, thank God my yesterday's gone, all my sins are forgiven, I've been washed by the blood. to prison I've worn shackles and chains But I've been freed and forgiven I'm not going back I'll never be the same All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone All my sins are forgiven I've been washed by the blood All my hope is in Jesus forgiven i've been washed by the
0: blood book of psalm such a rich book in your bible it's the middle of your bible um, they say the center verse of your bible psalm 118 it is uh so much in the book of Psalms. We we talk much about it. We quote verses out of it oftentimes. Many of the verses that you probably learned as a child came from the book of Psalms. Maybe not all of them, but many of them did. It is a great book of instructions. Great book of exhortation. Speaks of prophecy. Speaks of uh, things that we need practically to know. We see in this particular book. We see. Uh, the deepest and the darkest secrets of some of God's greatest men. There's many different authors. We denote much of the book of Psalms to David, and he wrote about 80 of them. But uh, the rest of them, somebody else wrote them. And it's amazing how in the book of Psalms, it's different than any other book in your Bible. We get to dive into the deepest and the darkest place. Almost we go into the secret place of some of God's greatest men, and we hear what they had to say in that time. And in that, we weep with them, and we We rejoice with them. We see God do great and mighty things. We shout the victory with them. We also find comfort in this particular book. Psalms chapter number 1, it starts off, Saying, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like a shaft that the wind driveth away. Therefore the 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 ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I'm preaching tonight. The Lord will help me on the thought that comes out of verse number 1. Blessed is the man. Let's pray tonight. Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the privilege to be in church tonight. How good it's already been just to be able to be here this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the attention, God, of the people that are here tonight. Thank you for the choir singing, God, and the singers. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've already done, God, in this service. Thank you, Lord, for the prayer time and the requests that were made. God, your people crying out for those that they love that are lost and undone. I pray tonight, God, you touch every one of those hearts. Lord, I agree with these folks tonight according to the will of God and in Jesus' name that you'd grant their request, Lord. I pray tonight you'd touch me, God. I desire, Lord, to be able to preach tonight with power. I realize anything short of that, God, anything short of unction of the Holy Ghost, God, to be but vain and void. God, to be but a waste of time. I pray tonight, dear God, you'd touch my voice, touch my mind, and touch my heart. I pray tonight, most of all, you take these lips of clay. Use them, dear Lord, as you own. I pray you'd speak to us, God. I pray tonight, words, God, of help, words of encouragement, words of conviction. I pray not for somebody in this building lost. I pray tonight would be the night that they come to know you as their Savior. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter number one the theme that we're preaching on tonight blessed is the man tonight as we look at this particular thought out of this chapter, this phrase is used at other places in your Bible and there are different definitions that are uh, given by it and different things that we can apply to and say, blessed is the man. And we find tonight the book of Psalms open up and this is the first place in your Bible that this phrase is used and it sort of sets the foundation for what the blessed man is. This word that is used in your Bible where it says, blessed is is the man it is a word ladies and gentlemen that doesn't speak of the man that is prosperous it doesn't speak of what the man has as far as material good goes but it speaks of a man that basically is happy it's a man that has joy in his life or uh, I say a man when the Bible uses that term it's speaking about humanity this goes for you too ladies by the way it's speaking about having happiness in your life I think oftentimes I've made mention of it down through the years many times that we live in a world where most people are unhappy. They're unhappy and unsatisfied. You go to the hot dog joint, somebody's growling at them over their hot dog. They're unhappy. You go down the road to Burger King where they can have it their way, but they're still unhappy. You go to Walmart and they've got everything China makes and they're still unhappy. We live in a society, ladies and gentlemen, where we even come to church. The place that we ought to be uplifted. The place that we ought to be on cloud nine, so to speak. And Still yet, we're unhappy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible gives us in Psalms, chapter number one about how, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to say for yourself, blessed is the man. How you can have happiness in your life. True happiness, not superficial. Not just a smile that is put upon your face. Not just uh, hiding your or what's really going on in your heart, but truly being happy in your life. I find, ladies and gentlemen, this word that is used, blessed, it is a word that is not just a word of, uh, used in a singular sense it doesn't say blessed it says blessed it, it's a word used in the plural sense in the continuing sense that happiness is not something that is just in a moment of time but it's something that can continue in your life it's something you can have when you go to bed at night and when you wake up in the morning it's something you can have whether you're on the mountain or in the valley or somewhere in between because it is not contingent upon on the circumstances that are going on around you. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what's going on across the world. It doesn't matter if it's day or night, if it's rainy or the sun is shining. None of those things are mentioned in Psalms chapter number one when the blessed man is described. The Bible speaks number one about the blessed man and his direction. He is a man ladies and gentlemen that aligns himself with the God of glory. The Bible says blessed it is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It speaks of his steps. It says, ladies and gentlemen, that he standeth, that he walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is a man, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't go with everything that he hears. We all hear some ungodly counsel, and you can't shelter yourself from all ungodly counsel. You must walk through this world, not being a part of the world, but walking through the world. And as you walk through this world, friend, you will still yet hear ungodly counsel but the Bible says the blessed man doesn't walk in the way of that counsel it doesn't mean he doesn't hear it but it means that he doesn't listen to it amen tonight I encourage you young people I encourage you middle aged and older alike you be careful what kind of counsel you take in your life because the counsel that you take my friend and you listen to and if you don't weigh it out according to the word of God it can very easily lead you in a wrong path We have seen in this country in the last year the power of the news media. We've seen over the last decade, maybe 20, even 30 years, the power that television has. The power, ladies and gentlemen, we see in that of ungodly counsel. It's not long, ladies and gentlemen, after they will have a popular television show that our young men and young ladies are looking and talking and sounding just like their favorite star on television. We must be careful, ladies and gentlemen, not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly and might I say that still yet in this day and in this society though the television portrays these different things and I could go on and on with that but for time's sake I won't it portrays a glamorous sinful life as being good and being glorious but at the end of the day teen suicide is at an all time high people are more unhappy than they've ever been they have no satisfaction they have no goal in life and they do not know what to do or where to go to but the Bible said Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There is no help and there is no peace in this world. We must get our counsel from somewhere else. Amen. And might I say tonight that if you are in a position where you are to give counsel, you ought to be careful what kind of counsel you give. It sickens and burdens my heart tonight. I see mamas and daddies giving ungodly counsel to their children. I see people at times giving counsel. That is wrong according to the Word of God to other people, I say friend we'll stand in judgment for the counsel that we give ourselves and it is our responsibility as an individual once you get saved by the grace of God to learn to discern between what is godly and between what is ungodly but friend I do believe there will be judgment ensued for those that give ungodly counsel so if you give somebody some advice you better make sure that God's okay with it, amen I find that he said, what walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners. He speaks number one about his steps. Then number two he speaks about his standing where he lingers at. This is a man ladies and gentlemen that does not align himself with the way of sinners. He doesn't align himself with the direction that the world is going that the sinners are going but he aligns himself with the Lord. He aligns himself well, my friend with what's right and what's true. He aligns himself friend with the one that has shown himself to be true and to be right aligning himself with the goodness of God with the grace of God Little ladies and gentlemen I thank God for the day and for the hour that I got saved by the grace of God and the Lord put me in the family adopted me in I'm glad for the day and for the hour that I became a part of a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people I'm thankful for the day that I got saved out of darkness under the marvelous light of Jesus Christ thank God for the day, friend, that I learned there was a better way than the way of a sinner. I'm glad tonight, friend, that my standing is not in the ways of this world and not in the ways of sinners. But, friend, I'm glad that my standing tonight is on the solid rock of the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you tonight, we're blessed, my friend. We have happiness in our heart because of who we listen to and who we don't listen to and because of the way that we're going and also because of the way we're not going. Amen. I'm not going with the world, by the way. I've never fit in my friend from a time I was a kid I never fit in with a popular crowd I never fit in with a going crowd I never did fit in with a good uh, with that popular uh, crowd ladies and gentlemen understand this with me i never fit in with the world so to speak uh, and I'm glad I don't thank God when I got saved that distance between me and the world it even got a little bit more distant I don't fit in tonight I'm a stranger and a pilgrim down here uh, I don't fit in among this world I don't fit in among the things that are going on I don't even feel comfortable half the time when I leave my house thank God but I'm telling you that's because tonight I'm going a different direction because of what happened 11 years ago I was going the way of sinners I was standing in that way I was aligning myself with the world or trying to but thank God there was a change that took place in my life my direction is far different tonight my steps are different my standing is different I find the Bible says, number three, nor setteth in the sea of the scornful. This uh, blessed man that the Bible describes in Psalms chapter number one, he is not going in the way of the counsel of the ungodly. He's discerning right from wrong, ungodly from godly. He is aligning himself with the Lord by not standing in the way of sinners. And then, ladies and gentlemen, he's being careful where he settles in at, where he sets down at. This the Bible speaks about, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. It speaks, ladies and gentlemen, in the word scornful, about those that are hypercritical, about those that sit by and they mock everyone else, and they try to downgrade and to degrade because it makes them feel better. And the Bible said the blessed man, he don't sit where they sit. Amen. I understand this with me, friend. It'd be easy for all of us to find us a seat at the seat of the scornful. It'd be easy for all of us to pull up a chair at that table and look around and be hypercritical over everybody and over everything, ladies and gentlemen. But God ain't pleased with that. And if you're hypercritical, you're miserable. Amen. Because you'll downgrade somebody else and you'll downgrade, and you'll downgrade and you'll downgrade and you'll downgrade and you'll be critical over every movement that they make and every word that they speak and then you'll look at yourself and for a moment you'll feel good because you're not doing what they're doing but then your old nasty flesh will swell up within you and you'll do what they've done and you'll have to change the way that you're critical over them because you're doing the same thing that they're doing. I can tell you, there is no happiness in being hypercritical. None. Amen. You know what it's our job to do? When I see a fault with my brother, it's my job first and foremost to get down on my knees and to pray. Amen. You know why I, I was praying about this today and I was studying this. I gave giving this message several weeks ago and I was going back over it. I was praying through it and asking God had had me to preach this and the Lord began to speak to my heart right here at this point about why we're so hypercritical and why we don't when we see a fault and our brethren go to pray and seek God. We know that's what we're supposed to do but that's usually the last thing that we do do. And the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, you know why it is? said, because our prayers are powerless and we know it. Now, you think about this. If we really knew that we had power with God in prayer, and we've seen a fault in our brethren, we would be trusting enough in the Lord to pray for God to change their heart. But you know what? We know that we ain't getting in tune with God. And so we have to get ahead of God. And to get ahead of our prayers and try to change the situation ourselves, and make something happen. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you friend but there is no happiness in that there's no blessedness in that there's no satisfaction in that I'm telling you friend we've all been there we've all pulled up a seat we've all set at the seat of the scornful but there is no happiness at the end of the day there but whenever you begin to love your brethren you pray for them for God to bless them more than he blesses you you pray for God to touch their lives and touch their children and touch their family it may be a mess and it may be wrecked and it may be all to pieces but when you pray for God to move in there and you really get serious with God and you get to a place that you can really pray for your brother and sister in Christ I mean pray to the point that things change in somebody else's life we're so self called up in our prayer life we pray for ourselves, self, self but when you pray for somebody else and you get a hold of God to the place that it changes somebody else's life you know what the Bible says? Blessed is that man. I'm telling you friend it'd be good for us tonight I'm preaching to the preacher just as much as I'm preaching to you. It'd be good for us tonight to pray. God, put somebody, a part of my church family on my heart. And I know they've been struggling. I know they've been having a hard time. Listen, friend, it's easy for us to be a thermometer and just gauge the temperature. But it's hard to be a thermostat and change the temperature. It's easy to come into a service and say the preacher was dead and the choir didn't have it. We just might as well or not even met. Somebody was cold and somebody was this. But it's a whole lot more difficult to come in prayed up and write with God and not just say this is what's happening or this is what didn't happen, but make a difference in the service. It's easy for me to look at Brother Alvin, look at Brother Matt, look at Brother Kevin, Brother Ed. It's easy for me to look at this the front row and point at these fellas and say this is what's wrong and this is what's wrong. But it's a whole lot harder for me to bite my tongue and, and begin to observe their life to the, to the point, not that I want to be critical, but observe their life to the point that I want to be a help to them. And I want to hold their arms up when they're struggling. And I want to be one that gets under them when they're about to fall and catch them. Not that I want to observe their life to be critical. Not that I I want to observe their life to pull them on down, but observe their life to the point that I know when they're about to stumble under the weight of the burden that they're carrying and be there in that time to lift them up in prayer and to help them along the way. Yes, I'm telling you, there's blessedness in that when we can be that kind of Christian. We've all sat down to see the scornful. I believe we all can say, Amen, that there is no happiness in that seat. But when Brother Ira's about to stumble and I can get my arm up under his, I can hold him up. His blessing is not just for me in that. His blessing is for him. His blessing is for his family. His blessing is for the whole crowd. Whenever Brother Alvin's struggling, I can get under him. Brother Matt's struggling, I can get under him, and I can help these brothers hold them up. Hey, listen, friend. Not only is there blessing is for me to be able to help him, but there's blessing is for his family, blessing is for Brother Alvin's family, blessing is for the church. I'm telling you, friend, it's a domino effect. Oh, God, help us tonight And to not sit down at the seat of the scornful. The Bible speaks about his direction in verse number 1 then in verse number 2 you see this doesn't come natural it comes natural for me to want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly it comes natural for my flesh to stand in the way of sinners to go the way the world goes that's the way the stream's going that's the way we want to go it comes natural for me to sit down in the seat of the scornful but the Bible said blessed is the man that his delight verse number 2 is in the law of the Lord and in his law doeth he meditate day and night his desire and his delight his mission in verse number two it is in God's word that he finds the direction for his direction that he is directed and his heart is tuned from focusing on this world to focusing on the world to come from focusing on what his flesh is telling to do to focusing upon what God says to do his direction is directed because his desire and his delight is in God's word amen remember when you got saved and you wanted to know more about Jesus Remember when you got right with God and you want to know more about the Lord. I'm telling you, it's as simple as opening up your Bible learning more about what thus saith the King of glory. This blessed man, verse number two, he his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates in it day and night. He thinks upon it. He saturates his life in it. He surrounds himself by it and he studies what God says. You know why we preach time and time again? To read your Bible. Your Sunday school teacher tells you young people to read your Bible. I like doing when I'm teaching a Sunday school class to do Bible trivia in the beginning of the class. It opens everybody's mind up and it it gets them woke up in the morning time and also it challenges them through the week to have a desire to study the Word of God. I'm telling you, it's a hard thing to open their Bible up. It's easy to throw it in the dash of the car and let it sit from Sunday to Sunday. It's easy to not think about God's Word. I'm talking from the preacher to the pew. It's easy to not want to uh, open up the Bible. easier to turn on the television or look on Facebook. It's easier to Google something on your phone. It's easier to search for the deal of the day than it is to open up your Bible. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, blessed is the man whose delight and his desire is in the Word of God. In this book is happiness (laughs) for you and for your life. Because When you saturate your life with it, you surround yourself by it, you study it, you know what it's going to do? It's going to keep you straight, and it's going to keep you strong. Amen. You know when I'm the least happy, Brother Matt? Whenever I've got out of the way, messed up. There's no happiness for a child of God that's out of the will of God. Miserable place to be. It's been said by the old preacher, man. I agree with it, that a backslidden Christian is the most miserable person on the face of planet earth because he doesn't fit in in the church because he's not right with God. And he's still saved by the grace of God so he don't fit in in the world. And he doesn't find himself fitting in anywhere. He feels like he does not belong. And so it's important for us to stay in God's Word because we're all apt to backslid at any moment. But when we stay in the Word of God, it keeps us straight. Amen. I'm like an old horse. Amen. I need somebody to guide my head. Amen. I'm like a dog. I need somebody to point me in the right direction. Amen. If if I can get pointed, I can make it little ways. But I need somebody to show me the way. God said, "Here's the way." <laughs> Thank God. And I'm telling you, I'm just like everybody else as a Christian. Does it mean we're infinitely strong? We still get weak and we still get weary. If you never believe that, welcome to 2020. Let's go back a year and welcome to 2020. Amen. If you've never been weak in your Christian life, I guarantee you in 2020 you was weak a day or two. But you know where I found strength through the midst of all the confusion and the midst of all the turmoil? And all that's even going on to this very day, I have found strength in God's holy word. Strength that says God is still upon His throne. Strength that tells me that perilous times shall come, but continue in the things that hast learned, and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned me Strength that points me, Revelation chapter number 21, to a brighter and a better day. That yes, it's dark and weary down here now, but it won't always be this way. God's Word, we find delight in it because it keeps us strong. Gives us confidence as we walk. Understand with me what Brother Justin went through today, and what we'll all face at some time in our life or another. It'll be a different scenario at a different place with a different person, but we'll all... Be challenged to some degree. I have been before. Brother Matt has been of these others in the building. You've been challenged to some degree before. And ladies and gentlemen, what gives us confidence in those moments is knowing the scripture. I think oftentimes about Matthew chapter number 4, whenever Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and here He is as the Son of God, and He could have performed mighty miracles. He could have called down legions of angels. He could have done anything that He wanted to do. But all through the Scripture, Jesus never performed one miracle to benefit Himself. When He performed a miracle, it was to the benefit of somebody else so that they would see Him as Christ, so the world would believe upon Him. But in the wilderness, though He could have turned the stones into bread, Through all those temptations, he said, but it is written. He took Satan right back to the scripture. Amen. And for us to walk through the midst of a challenging day, a day of intellect, a day of Atheists and agnostics today when the Word of God is being condemned upon a regular basis, when it's being taught that it is not God's Word, but that it is a mere book, when it's being said from even pulpits that there is mistakes in this Bible, when, ladies and gentlemen, the majority of people just simply account the Word of God as a fictitious story. We have confidence when we know it, when it's more than just preached from our lips, but practiced in our lives. Amen. And it's been said that what we believe is what we live. Amen. So let me ask you about how you live. How much of it do you believe? Amen. I'm preaching to the preacher tonight just as well. Verse number 3, the Bible says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth fruit in his season. leaf shall not waver. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. His dependence is spoken of in verse number 3. That like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A tree, ladies and gentlemen, planted by the rivers of water has a source of strength that does not dry up whenever there is a drought. It's planted by the rivers of water. Its roots run down deep. No, there may be droughts that would affect the grass of the field. There may be droughts that would affect water sources that are far away. A tree planted by rivers of water has a a source of strength that comes, ladies and gentlemen, not from the seen but from the unseen. Tonight, blessed is the man that's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that has, ladies and gentlemen, a source of strength that is resilient to drought. I'm telling you tonight, this is the man whose dependence is upon the Lord, who says, Brother Frankie, all my hope is in Jesus. Well, tonight, where is your dependence? Are you depending upon another stimulus check? Are you depending upon somebody else to do something for you? All those things, they come to happen, but ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, our dependence is upon the Lord. At at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Amen. At the end of the day, in every situation, if God don't come through and help us, everything else is fault-filled. Well, that's all the time that we have on the radio for today. But if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or be a part of one of our online services, we invite you to find us on Facebook at Old Savannah Baptist Church, on our website, oldsavannah.org, or on our YouTube channel. And also, we would love to hear from you. You can send correspondence through Facebook Messenger, or you can send an old-fashioned letter to P.O. Box 628, Dillsboro, North Carolina, 28725. Thank you for joining us on the radio.